0: Welcome to the podcast Letters to the Living, a spiritual soul healing show about death, grief, and the afterlife. I'm your host, grief medium, Miranda May. I read personalized letters that I wrote to a living soul who is walking the grief healing path. Each letter delivers a powerful message that could bring hope, peace, and love within your journey. Thanks for being here with me. Welcome back to the podcast, Letters to the Living. In this episode, we are going to talk about how we find closure in our life after someone we love dies. It took me a few weeks to gather my thoughts and my words because there's a lot to discuss about today's topic. And it took me some time to hit the record button because this is really one of the most important and emotional topics I will ever talk about when it comes to healing our grief. If you're at the point in your journey where you're looking for closure, I hope today's message resonates with you, and I hope today gives you another perspective on how to find happiness and the purpose you're looking for. And please share this episode with anyone in your life who you think could benefit from today's conversation. I'm going to jump right in because there's a lot to unpack today. I came across a quote by Dr. Dan Wolfson, who's a New York psychologist, and he said, Grief is something that never goes away entirely. Grief is always a part of who we are, and there's no timeline for it. If I read that quote maybe, say, four years ago, I would absolutely agree that grief would always be a part of me. I would definitely say that grief would always be a part of us in our story. After my husband Lance died, I carried grief in my back pocket for 10 years. You see, the pain of grief subsided over time because it no longer sat in my heart, but it was always attached to me somehow. But let's back it up for a minute and talk about our emotions around grief, because I know we all love talking about this. But if you were to type in on your search engine, emotional charts, you would notice that there are plenty to study from. And the emotional charts that I'm familiar with often rank positive emotions towards the top of the chart and negative emotions are listed at the bottom. And the emotions we feel and the emotions we live with every day hold an energetic charge. So for example, when we are feeling joyful in love, empowerment, optimism, we can all agree we feel good life feels good. We are riding the wave of bliss. So all of these uplifting emotions have a positive energy, a positive charge to them, right? And examples of emotions at the bottom of the chart are fear and loneliness, guilt, grief, depression, unworthiness. These emotions hold a negative energy, a negative charge. And it makes sense that grief and fear are linked on the chart because when we are in our depths of grief, we are living in fear. We fear another loss will happen. We fear money won't come our way. We fear the unknown. We fear to love again. We fear our own death. So going back to Dr. Wolfson's quote, grief is something that never goes away entirely. Grief is always a part of who we are. Well, today I would have to disagree. If I had a chance, I would ask Dr. Wolfson why he believes this. Aren't psychologists supposed to encourage us to be in control of our emotions? And it's not just Dr. Wolfson. It's many grief professionals out there who are preaching that grief will always be a part of us in our story. And this is when therapy can get dangerous. Think about this. Grief professionals are giving you permission to stay in the lowest part of the emotional chart. And if psychologists gives us the permission to stay there, then we give ourselves the excuse to not do the work. If grief never goes away, like they say, then why bother doing the hard part? Why bother doing the work? Listen, I am not anti-therapy and I'm not anti-Dr. Wolfson. I know there are some amazing grief specialists and therapists and experts out there who are teaching the right message. I bring this up because it's important to find a professional who guides you into empowerment and happiness and love and joy and freedom and encourages you to live at the top of the chart. Not someone who says that grief never goes away because it does, but it's a choice. So let's rephrase Dr. Wolfson's quote and let's start telling ourselves a new story. That grief is a natural response we feel after experiencing a significant loss, and we get to choose how long we want our grief to stick around. Grief isn't a part of who we are because we don't identify ourselves with our emotions. It's the experience that will always be a part of us, not grief. And we get to decide our timeline and how we want to heal. If we want to find joy and peace and love early on, then we need to find that path and go live it. So we go searching for the new us. We go searching for that path of happiness. I know I did. I was on a mission to find my new purpose. And I bought every self-help book along the way because I was certain that books had all the answers. And some of them did. I have gained Priceless wisdom and advice from motivational leaders and authors. But the frustrating part was after all the books I read, all the courses I took, all the videos I watched, all the seminars I attended, my life seemed to be in the same place. I wasn't noticing a dramatic change I was hoping to see because it was clear that I wasn't applying or practicing what was being taught. And I had a hard time appreciating the good things in life. I had a hard time finding where I belonged in the world. I was stuck. And the more I heard the phrase, go find your purpose, the more pissed off I got. Because I had this belief that if I don't find my purpose, then how do I live a meaningful life? And I had this moment of self-reflection. Why wasn't I able to apply what I was learning? Why did I feel incapable of finding my purpose? Was it possible that I was still holding on to my grief without realizing it? And are the deep emotions of my shame and guilt and resentment holding me back from the life I wanted to live? I had so many questions. And then one evening, something profound happened. I was in one of my nightly meditations, trying to quiet my mind, separate from the day. And then Lance appeared. Now, keep in mind, it's not strange seeing him in this space because this is how we usually connect. This is how we talk. But this visit between us was next level. It changed my life and how I live it. During the meditation, Lance took me back in time during our relationship. And he began to show me the arguments we had that were unresolved. I heard hurtful words that he said to me. I heard the damaging words that I said to him, and he showed me different periods of our relationship that weren't so pretty, times in our marriage he knew I was still holding on to, you know, the stuff we never talk about with others. And that's when I realized it wasn't the guilt and shame and blame and resentment I was holding on to. It was past unsettled stories that I never gave myself the permission to work through and heal from. And as I sat in that emotional space with Lance, I didn't ignore what he was showing me. This was my chance, my opportunity to work it out with him again. I needed to hear, I'm sorry, and I did. I needed to tell him I'm sorry, and I did. It was this beautiful and raw, energetic exchange we have ever had. And it was painful to rehash those memories. But it needed to happen in order for me to truly find happiness in my life. I needed to let go and release old stories that I was still living. I needed to let go of the grief I was carrying for so long. When Lance showed up in my meditation, I feel that was one of the best gifts he's ever given me. And it was the best gift I gave myself because that's when I decided to heal that part of my life. It was that moment when I found closure. That was the moment when our relationship changed. We began to build this new foundation based on a new type of love and a new type of trust for one another. This isn't to say I didn't love him. It's quite the opposite. But we deepened our connection that evening. Now, I know this message may not resonate with all of you. So, for example, when my grandma passed away, There wasn't anything complicated that needed to be resolved between us. So I do understand not everyone will feel the need to heal any open-ended conversations. But when my grandma did pass unexpectedly, I still needed to find peace and closure after her departure. She was someone special in my life who I loved very much. And with this loss, I learned that the same exercise I did with Lance brought the same closure I needed with my grandma's death. The conversations were different, but the healing was the same. I needed to tell my grandma how much I love and appreciated her. I needed to tell her thank you. So I did. And that brought the closure I needed to continue to move forward. So it's really up to you and how you want your conversations to go with your loved ones. There's no right or wrong way to do it. Maybe you start small and tell them how much you love them and how much you miss them. And then as you get more comfortable building this connection with them, you progress into deeper conversations and you talk about the things you wish you could say if you had one more chance. If you are someone who is desperately needing to work through unresolved issues with your person, I feel it's important to say that you're not alone. There are many, many, many of us who have to work through this part, and you don't need to practice meditation to do this, because your loved ones who have passed away are right next to you. They can hear your thoughts. They know what you're saying. And this is the space where you'll find immense healing. This is when you begin to start creating a new type of relationship with them. You see, your relationship does not end when they take their last breath. But you have to be willing to have those conversations if you want to continue to learn and grow and heal. Yes, it will be emotional, and it may feel difficult to create that space between you and your person, but I encourage you to try. And I encourage you to be easy on yourself. And over time, as you strengthen your new bond with them, you begin to find this new sense of purpose. And do you know what finding your purpose is really about? It's about finding happiness. Grief doesn't always have to be a part of you, but sometimes you have to dig deeper than what feels comfortable in order to detach the grief that lingers. Perhaps this is what Dr. Wolfson wanted to say. And as I continued to learn about my grief and walk this path, it became clear that it is my choice as to what emotions I hold on to. It is my choice if I wanted grief to always be a part of me and my story. And the most important part I learned is that it was more painful holding on to my grief than it was working through it. I promise you, it's not as scary as it seems. And if you're willing to take that leap, you will turn a massive corner in your healing journey. And that's when you find the closure you need, the closure you deserve. Thank you, everyone. And please stay tuned. I'm about to read a letter I wrote to a young widow. I met this lovely woman in 2009, just a few months after Lance passed. And her story is one I'll never forget. She and her husband were fighting. And when he left the house to go get some space, he rolled his car and did not survive. I know she is not the only one who has experienced this. So this letter is for everyone who is working through the unsaid words that you weren't able to say. This letter is for everyone who wishes they had one more chance to hear and to say, I'm sorry, I love you. Dear Holding on to Grief, it's been a long time since we last spoke, 13 years to be exact. It almost feels like it was yesterday, but it also feels like it was a past life when we met at that coffee shop. You were the first person I knew who understood what it was like to lose their husband. We were both too young to be titled a widow, but I was grateful to have met you. And I want to take this opportunity to thank you for being there in my darkest moments. I remember when we were talking that I shared my story first. And I shared all the details about Lance's accident. And then you shared your story. You reluctantly opened up and told me that before your husband died, you two were fighting. And when he left the house in a disturbed rage, that was it. It was over. He was in a fatal car accident, leaving you with a different type of emptiness that I could never understand. I remember being at a loss for words, not knowing how to console you. As I write this letter, I get emotional thinking about your experience and not having the closure or at least the opportunity to tell him what you wanted to. I didn't know what to say to you 13 years ago when you were so vulnerable with me. But today I do. Today I wanna tell you that you're not alone. There are many of us who have to work through the unsaid I love you's and the unsaid I'm sorry's after our loved one dies. Sometimes we think we are the only ones experiencing a death when in reality, there are millions of us out there working through the same loss. And the same lessons and yet we are ashamed to talk about it we have to remind ourselves that we are human and that relationships take work relationships with our parents our siblings our spouse our children it all takes work and we're not always going to agree with the people we love we're going to argue we're going to say hurtful words we wish we could take back that's what makes life so complex because we are all different from one another and we all just try to do our best this is all part of the human existence our mistakes and the arguments we have with the people we love can be our greatest teaching moments in life this is how we learn this is how we grow what has changed for you in the last 13 years did you find happiness I know it can be hard finding love when we hold blame and guilt, but those emotions should never dictate life. You deserve to love and be loved again if that's what you want. As you're walking your own grief healing path, I hope you gave yourself the time and space to work through any unresolved issues or unsettled emotions you carried when he died. And if you haven't, then it's never too late. You can find the closure and the forgiveness you need, but you have to be willing to have the conversation with him. And if you close your eyes, take a few deep breaths, and silence the distractions around you, I know you'll be able to hear him say, I'm sorry, I love you. Our grief doesn't have to be attached to our story. Words we once said in the past doesn't have to be attached to our story. His death, that experience, and what you learned, you'll never forget. But the grief can go away whenever you choose. If you're still holding on to your grief, then it's time to let it go. If you're still holding on to unsaid words, then it's time to say them with love and truth. Grief is dead weight you don't want to carry forever. It's time to free yourself because there's so much to see so much to do, so much to live for, and he wants that for you too. I'll never forget you. I hope all is well in your world, and I hope you are living a happy life, because you deserve it. With love, Grief Medium, Miranda May.